Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome. This is the Late Breaking Formula One podcast reviewing the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, the final Grand Prix of 2019. My name's Ben Hocking here with Harid and Samuel Sage. Guys, how did you think the last race of the season went? Should we just pretend Brazil was the last race? Yes, Maria. Yes. Oh, Abu Dhabi is proper naff, isn't it? <laughs> Rubbish. It is probably one of the worst. It's probably up there, like the top, the bottom five Grand Prix of the year, and it's the last one we have to sit through. Um, and our four months of sadness... Uh, yes, pure sadness, sadness and boredom. Um, by the way, great verdict on the Grand Prix, Harry. Bit naff. I, we might as well end I, the podcast. I said proper naff, not just yeah. proper naff. It's proper paraphrasing. Naff. Yeah. Um, so of course, Lewis Hamilton, very comfortable victory ahead of Max Verstappen. Currently, Charles Leclerc is in third place, although we don't know at this point in time whether he'll be disqualified. Um, Bottas would go onto the podium if that was the case. Um, but starting with the Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton never really seemed in doubt. They they always go strong at Abu Dhabi. 2019 was no different. Sam, what did you make of Hamilton's performance? The man was stood at Tesco and he absolutely checked out. He scanned his Mercedes car long before anyone else even got up to do the shop, didn't he? He was long gone. It was an incredibly dominant performance. Um, we haven't seen something like that, I think, this year since maybe Spain. And in Last year, the last time we saw such an incredibly dominant performance, I wonder if Bottas had started in second place, if we had a bit more of a fight on our hands, or if Hamilton was just so comfortable around there as he has been year after year. I think his fifth time winning out in the Yas Marina circuit. Um, it was incredible. Generally, show it turning up and people going, it could be equal. We're going to fight on our hands. Here we go. I don't know who's going to win. 2020 season is going to be incredible. Mercedes walk away with a 20-second lead. It's just baffling. Absolutely baffling. Fair play to Lewis Hamilton. An incredible drive. Yeah. Um, Harry, what, what did you make of Hamilton's performance? Um, yeah, I've, I echo what Sam says, really. Um, it's 
it was like a 2014 Hamilton Mercedes performance. The car was just leagues above anyone else. And we, I don't know, we heard him in the race, like talking about permutations of, uh, permutation, uh, uh, like strategy permutations. Like he had his mind on other things. He was just so relaxed and also just so bloody quick. And that, I mean, Verstappen couldn't keep up with him at all. Um, yeah, thoroughly dominant, kind of wor- uh, just a worthy way to finish off this year, a year which he's just been faultless, to be honest. So, well done, LH. Hashtag blessed. Yeah, thank you, Sam. Yeah, the necessary hashtag to end it. Um, I mean, unconfirmed reports, but I think Hamilton did actually go and make a cup of tea on lap 45, <laughs> that far ahead. Um, he just crushed it. Um, that Mercedes was unstoppable you say sam maybe since spain it was the most dominant they've been definitely in the second half of the season it's the best race that mercedes have had um and it doesn't bode too well going into next season um maybe it's a track specific thing but um yeah even if if bottas had started second he'd have have definitely come home second as well so yeah a really impressive performance by hamilton and i think the most uh, incredible thing about it is that whenever we see a car that is dominant or even a driver that is dominant it's usually across the whole circuit here mercedes were only dominant in one circuit uh, sorry in one sector and that sector they were so good that it didn't matter that they were losing out on the straights to to ferrari there was a sort of side by side between leclerc and hamilton after qualifying yesterday and coming into turn 17 bear in mind there's 21 corners on the circuit, Leclerc and Hamilton were dead on level. There was nothing to choose between them. And they are that dominant in turns 18, 19, 20 and 21 that they, I think Hamilton was something like four temps clear of Leclerc. Um, And we saw, we heard over the radio that Leclerc was losing about six temps, he reckoned. So yeah, I mean, this was all about that third sector. Mercedes just found something that the other two teams couldn't um, and they won as a result. Interestingly as well, the the two guys obviously at the moment on the podium, Max Verstappen and Leclerc, both beat their teammates very comfortably. Sam, do you think that's a sign for next season that maybe Verstappen and Leclerc will be a bit more of a comfortable victory over their two uh, two teammates? I think the the two stories between each teams are a little bit different. I think that the Leclerc Vettel story is has got a little bit more going on behind it. We need to look at what's been happening. Vettel's just had a third key. He turns up to the race late. It's been a knackering, you know, week for him, bless him. Um, he said that there was maybe some issues with his power unit. Obviously, we know Leclerc took a new power unit very recently. Um, yeah, Vettel wasn't really on the top of his game, but I can't really fault him for not being on the top of his game either. It was an all right performance. It wasn't great. He didn't match his teammate, but I'm not shocked by it. Although people are calling that he will now retire after this race, which I'm not so sure if I believe. On the other hand, uh, the Stappen album. I've praised Albon a lot this season. I really think he is a, a talent to behold. I think he can become something really big in Formula One, but he's not been good enough the last couple of races. Verstappen has once again stepped up in comparison to his teammates. You know, he won Brazil. He was clear second here in Abu Dhabi in a track that didn't really suit them, especially in that middle sector. And Albon was just dead in the water in comparison to his teammate. Fought well with the second half of the teams. You know, uh, like we said, the Vettel, the Bottas, when he eventually turned up. But the fact that Bottas started on the last place on the grid... And without DRS for most of the race, well, half the race, was able to then catch up and pass them. That says a lot. I think Albon really needs to kind of accelerate himself, uh, both literally in the car and in his growth as a driver, uh, for next season to be competitive against Verstappen. Otherwise, that's an obvious second driver. And maybe we have another incident of what happened this year. Maybe another changing driver lineup happens going into 2021. 
Harry, would you be concerned if you were Alban and or Vettel, the distance between their teammates, or do you think this was just their last race, end of term kind of thing? Uh, I definitely think it was for Vettel. I think he was just, he just wants this year to be done. He wants to go away and hide for the winter, I think. And fair enough, it's not been a great year. Um, not been awful, but it's still not been great by his standards. Um, yeah, I think he just wants to get to the end of the race. He needs, he needs to go away and have that type of Bottas winter reset. So he needs to get a bushier beard. He needs to <laughs> eat lots of porridge and come back in 2020 and and prove that he can match Leclerc. Um, for Albon, I'd still he's I know he's still get he's been beaten quite convincingly by Verstappen, but I think we just need to give him just a bit more time because he is only a year in. Um, but I agree, it can't last. This can't last forever. Um, but at the same time, yeah, he's the man's still learning. He's literally he hasn't been in an F1 car for more than a year. So yeah, I think we just need to give him a little bit more, a little bit more time um, to get to grips with things before we start telling him to go away. I think that's fair. Um, obviously, the the way that the race shaped out, it was always going to be um, a, a problematic one for both Vettel and Albon. Um, Verstappen wiped the floor clean of Albon, and I think that is something that he needs to address. This is kind of a... If, if you replace Albon with Pierre Gasly, that's the results we were expecting of Gasly, um, and obviously that wasn't good enough for Red Bull, so he can't carry on in that vein. Um, Vettel, I think... Everything's being blown out, blown a little bit out of proportion. It hasn't been a very good year for Vettel, but at the same time, it's not been a terrible year. Leclerc has beaten him, but it hasn't exactly been convincing. Um, and yeah, I, I think Vettel does have to respond in 2020. This this race was, I think, a bit of a write-off. I don't think um, Vettel will be too concerned about it, but he does at least, like you say, needs a full reset over the winter. Um, and I, I trust Vettel enough that he's been in the sport long enough that he knows what he has to do. He knows how he has to respond. It'll be really intriguing to see how that battle fares going into 2020. Um, a word for Carlos Sainz, um, because apparently he's not allowed to be seen on TV. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's I don't understand how on earth that guy manages to avoid cameras. Um, but his point right at the death means that he did get P6 in the championship ahead of both Gasly and Albon. Now, of course, Gasly and Albon haven't been in a top car all season, but they have at least for some part of the season, which isn't the case for Carlos Sainz. Um in this race, but also in the season as a whole, Sam, how impressed have you been with him? Carlos Sainz has almost come out of the blue. Um, a couple of seasons ago, we were thinking, strong driver, probably at one point could have gone to achieve something big. Had that issue against Hulkenberg where he was kind of beaten quite comfortably in the Renault. He's turned up, new team, whole new driver lineup. He's not only beaten Norris, and I think even with a bit of bad luck, deserved to beat Norris. He is, I think, the better driver of the two currently. Um, the fact that he hasn't been in a race-winning car at all, and both the other drivers have been at some point in a race-winging car, for him to beat them both is an astoundingly good performance. His racecraft has improved. His general uh, longevity on tyres is getting better. He's getting better wheel-to-wheel racing, and he just seems to have pulled it from a whole new level. I'm so impressed with Carlos Sainz. I hope we can kick on and see bigger, better things for himself, McLaren, and Norris next season. I think he can lead that team to something really exciting, especially going into 2021 where I think they'd be fools to change that lineup. So, so impressed. Another great race today. A little bit unlucky in terms of the strategy slash DRS, 
but I still think that he pulled out what he needed to do. Good charge at the end of the race. I'm, I'm impressed with him. Um, Harry, do you agree with that? Um, yeah, I've just found on Twitter Sainz's l- <laughs> dive bomb from, of the century to do Hulkenberg on the last lap. So just type in Sainz Hulkenberg on Twitter because it's amazing. Um, yeah, Sainz has had a, had, a, had a great year. I can't remember the question now. <laughs> what, what was the question? Have you been impressed by Sainz oh, throughout the year and also yeah. in this race? Um, absolutely, yeah. In this race as well, as I just said, that, that move is ace. Um, but Sainz... He had a nice interview on Sky just before the, the race, actually, and he said the environment and McLaren has allowed a, a next-level Carlos Sainz to come out of him, which I think was a nice thing to uh, interesting thing to say. He's flourishing in the non-Red Bull environment. So, um, yeah, I think just bigger and better things await, await Sainz uh, for 2020, and that driver pairing of him and, and Norris, he'll be, he'll be sad not to have beaten Norris on, in, on qualifying. Um, this year, but I mean, it was pretty evenly matched. But uh, yeah, big year for signs. I just waiting for Ben and Sam to watch this replay. I can't see it. I haven't found it. I, I, I have it. found it. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it is an immense move, isn't it? Gutsy to say the least. Um, obviously, speaking uh, about the guy that he overtook, Nico Hulkenberg. His final race in F1, at least for now. Same case for Robert Kubica. Nico Hülkenberg was given driver of the day. I guess a pinch of salt needed on that. Um, we have spoken about Nico Hülkenberg not having a seat next year already. So we'll keep it brief. But do you, do you think he has been um, unlucky not to get a seat for 2020, Harry? Uh, I do, actually. I mean... I don't know, I feel like Hulkenberg's had, had a fair crack at the whip in F1, but at the same time, he's a, definitely a worthy driver. He doesn't not deserve to be in F1. I just think there's a case of there's just not enough seats for all the good drivers out there. And because I think Ocon is equally worthy of that seat in the Renault. So it's a, it's a tough one because, yeah, Hulkenberg's had a fair crack fair go at it now he's been there since 2010 i know he didn't race in 2011 but um yeah he's a driver that just was destined for so much more and it never quite worked out that way sounds just watch the replay immense so good um yeah i'm sad to see hulkenberg go because i think he 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 should have a seat on the f1 grid um didn't necessarily have to be a Renault, but he should be in a seat uh yeah so sorry to see him go but also looking forward to Ocon being in that seat next year is going to be interesting. Um, Sam, do you also think that he deserves to be in a seat next year? I think we should phrase it this way. If you eradicate uh, the money, the contractual obligations, the links that people have to teams, and you had almost like a draft mode for F1 where teams just got to pick drivers, you know, as they're doing other sports like the NFL and whatnot. I think Hulkenberg gets picked, and I think he gets picked relatively early on. I think he is in still the top 10 to 12 best drivers on that grid, I think he's comfortably good enough to be a Formula 1 driver. He's a champion of other sports. He's a junior Formula champion. He did a great race today. That strategy was paying off so well for him. I think he finished ahead of Daniel Ricciardo, which still shows that he's got the ability to race alongside people that we rate so highly in the sport. It's a real shame that he's not going to be there. I always love seeing the Hulk. He's always entertaining. He's always interesting. And he always gets the job done, especially for those midfield teams. A bit like Perez. You know, he's able to just bring out consistent good results you're always happy when he's on your team you're always going to try his best and usually comes out with something so yeah i'm a bit gutted that he's not going to be in a seat i think he deserves a seat but 
because there's people like Stroll on the grid who haven't ever really earned a seat and their parents own the team, they're never leaving. But people like Hulkenberg, who I think have real talent and probably do deserve at least another year, aren't going to get it. But that's a debate for another day. Hulkenberg, I think, should be in a seat. Yeah, I, I think you're, you've pretty much nailed that. It's If you were to sort of put all of the drivers in order from best to worst, Nico Hulkenberg would be in the top 20 in which case you would say he deserves a seat in Formula One. Um, I, I understand why Renault haven't kept him for next year. Ocon, at worst, is going to be probably around the same level as Hulkenberg, I would say. Uh, but at least with Ocon, you have the potential that he kicks on. He's got He's only had a couple of years in Formula One. He's still a young driver. There's room for him to grow. Hulkenberg, you would probably say, has reached his max potential. And he's not going to go any better on than what he is now. So it's an understandable decision from Renault. But yes, I agree. Hulkenberg, even though he has been at it a long time, he is a solid Formula One driver. Um, and even this season, he he really hasn't been outclassed by Daniel Ricciardo. You give the edge to Ricciardo, but it hasn't been by a great deal. So yeah, Hulkenberg can consider himself unlucky not to be there next season. Driver of the day. Um, Harry, who are you going for? Nico Hulkenberg. No. <laughs> um... My driver of the day is going to be, I mean, Lewis Hamilton, because how, how can it not be? The, he was unstoppable. There are a lot, I think a few worthy candidates, but Hamilton just, as Sam said, he was in the queue very early at Tesco and he just checked out and didn't look bad, did he? So yeah, um, Hamilton for me. I'm not, I'm not sure why the supermarket is always Tesco, but... Oh, sorry, other supermarkets are available. He could have been at Lidl. Thank you, Ben. No, no, no. We're, we're sponsored by Tesco. Keep saying Tesco. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure, that is not true. Um, Sam, driver yeah, of the day. Hamilton really did, uh, did beat the uh, the Black Friday market sales, didn't he? Um, he was on there Thursday afternoon. Anyway, Lewis Hamilton, 100% deserves to be driver of the day. Um, I think I'm going to agree with you. I won't go into too much detail. We've already explained it in this video. There are many other honourable mentions that I want to give a shout out to because I often slag off a lot of these people. Uh, Valtteri Bottas is one. Great turnaround. Good consistent speed. Aggressive where he needed to be. Did well without the DRS. Well done, Bottas. That was good. I think also, after the unfortunate news in his personal life, which we shall not delve into, I think he's kind of got a bit between his teeth and he's just throwing everything, absolutely everything in. And I, I for my, for, you know, Best in the worst situation, I enjoyed it. Uh, Sergio Perez, awesome strategy. Good job by him again. Um, looked like it was not going to go anyway. His teammate was nowhere. Did a fantastic job. Lando Norris, again, made the best of a bad situation. Started really well, strashing and payoff. He got back up there again. Just picked by Perez at the end. Um, I think those guys are probably the best on the grid at the moment. But yeah, Lewis Hamilton, incredible, incredible drive. Shows why he's the six-time world champion. Yeah, Hamilton. You you feel as if he could have won that race if he wanted to by 30 seconds. Um, he built up that gap of, I think, about 10 to 12 seconds in the first 10 to 12 laps. And then it kind of stayed like that for most of the rest of the race um, until the last few laps when he thought, I know, on these hard tyres that are really old, I'm going to go and get a fastest lap. Um, so he obviously picked up the pace again and extended that gap a little bit further. But you feel as if if he was pushed by Verstappen that little bit more, he'd have just responded to the challenge. A really dominant victory from Hamilton. We've seen him win a number of different ways this year. Um, a lot of the time he hasn't been there in qualifying. Ferrari have had the edge at times in, in on Saturdays. But this weekend he was just unstoppable from first, from first to last, really. Um, worst driver of the day. 
Sam, who are you going for? Hmm, this is a tad tricky worst drive of the day because I actually think there's generally a lot of really strong performances. Everyone gets not Bottas. Generally, that man has done a fantastically solid job. Wow, I know. I, I thought you hated Bottas. Oh, I don't hate Bottas. I really like Bottas. Anyway, I think Albon's a bit of a contender. He needs to do more. I think, I mean, Stroll was pretty terrible from start to finish. So, yeah, I think I think Lance Stroll, for me, worst throw of the day, he was just bad. It was just bad. Caused a collision. Unfair to Gasly. Didn't get a fighting chance. Much so than his teammate. Picked up damage early on. It was just naff. It was just pants. And when you've got a teammate like Perez, who is over his peak, he's past his peak, you need to be doing more to equal him. And he hasn't done all season. So when Hamilton goes on to win 11 times in one season, eight times not on pole, and equals his best season of all time, and your stroll crashing into people when you've got plenty of room, you need to do better. So Lance Stroll for me is the worst driver of the day. And that's two on the NAF count if you are at home keeping track of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Um, Harry, who have you got worst driver of the day? Uh, yeah, I could agree with Sam. I was going to go for Lance Stroll because it was just all very clumsy in the first corner when it didn't need to be. Uh, NAF, optimum word. Ding! NAF, I'm I mean, um, I don't appreciate the hatred towards Goat Stroll today. This this is not good. <laughs> he he was no good today. What what about it was good today? Um, he was yeah. Canadian. I mean, can't hold that against him. True, very true. Yeah, naff. <laughs> I I'm not going to go for Goat Stroll. I I I believe in you, man. Um, I'm going to go with Alex Albon for worst driver of the day. Um. He was 53 seconds behind his teammate. It's a 55-lap race. Do the maths. That's about one second per lap. And that, that's not that's not good enough. Like you need to be closer to your teammate than that. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Alexander Albon. I think that's a fair shout. Hold on. I'm just doing the maths. 53 divided by 55. He was 0.96 tenths a lap slower. Which, for rounding up purposes, we're going to say one second. If you say so. Um, keeping with Alexander Albon um, there have been a few performances lately where Max Verstappen has been a long way clear of him Um, Harry I'll start with you Um, do you think that Alex Albon needs to step up his game Um, I mean we've already talked about this but yes he does and I'm going to end up sounding like a broken record I just think we need to give him a tiny bit more time let him have the winter break integrate the team that he's only been with for half a year a bit more um yeah and then he and also integrate himself into a into next year's car more because he's only had half a year in that car and i think he's done a solid job and he definitely deserves a seat for next year uh, which we've already talked about in a previous episode um but he does need to, does need to step up that there's no doubt about it um i just think uh, and and feel like i'm speaking to red bull here as well just don't get the you know the the knife out so early and chopping off because <laughs> he he deserves that seat for at least a year. Just let him get on with it. So yeah, don't get the guillotine out. That's what I'm <laughs> Strong advice from you, Harry. Um, <laughs> would you be concerned at all, Sam, with with Albon? Do you think he, like Harry thinks, needs just a bit more time? Well, I'm sure Pierre Gasly's already rung up Bastille and gone. Have you got the guillotine ready? 
because I want that seat back. I, I 100% agree with what Harry is saying. Give him more time. His half a season in Red Bull so far, I think, has been more positive than negative. Uh, the qualifying lap in Japan stands out as, uh, as one of those things. Brazil, his performance was really strong until being taken out by Hamilton. I think it would have looked a little different had he got that pogey in position. It's quite unlucky not to do so. He lucked into it a little bit, but you've still got to be there to take the position. Um, yeah, he needs some time to help develop the car along with Max Verstappen. He needs time to integrate further with the team, become more comfortable. Now the pressure's off his shoulders. He's fully signed for the year. Well, you know, you'd like to think so with Red Bull. Um, but I think he can relax into it, have some fun with it, enjoy the fact that he's got a fantastic team around him, an incredible car around him, and he's going to have a career that's growing. He's only been in the sport for 21 races. We do need to give him a bit of time to develop. Gasly had a little bit more time before that, and so I expect a bit more. There's a lot more hype around Gasly as well. We need to remember that Alexander Albon wasn't even going to be an F1 at the start of this season, up until a couple of weeks beforehand. So the turnaround is bloody fantastic. He just needs a bit more time to grow and develop. I think he's got a lot of potential. And I really like him in the car, in the team, in Formula 1. So yeah, a bit more time. I'm not too worried. If the first six races he's finishing, let's say it's all the same as this season, sixth and seventh every single time, then I'm nervous. But for now, I think he's doing just fine. Yeah, I think and I, you are absolutely right. Albon needs time to develop. He needs time to to get up there in terms of pace. But there's an issue in that that's what Toro Rosso is there for. You know, that, that's why Toro Rosso exists. That's a, an advantage that Red Bull have over Ferrari and Mercedes. They have a direct B team that they can allow these drivers to grow. But unfortunately, when you mess up that system so royally, like Red Bull seem to have done over the last couple of years, you're left with putting someone who's not ready into the Red Bull seat, and it's costing them. Ultimately, Max Verstappen has beaten both Ferraris this year. So if you get someone in that second Red Bull seat who is of a similar ability to Verstappen, Red Bull aren't sitting here third in the championship. They're sitting here second. So that second seat, not blaming the drivers necessarily, but that second seat of Red Bull has been the reason they are not second in the Constructors' Championship. Now, Gasly wasn't given sufficient time, and I think he should have spent another year in Toro Rosso. I, I said in the summer break, I think Danny Kvyat should be a short-term replacement for Red Bull and let Albon develop a little bit more in Toro Rosso. I mean, it, it's that was a tough decision. I don't think either solution was perfect. But yeah, Albon needs more time. It's about whether Red Bull have that time to give him. I hope they do. I hope they give him at least... At least half the season, because this is his rookie season. I personally think that they should give him the whole of 2020. Um, they're just not going to get the the full potential. They're not going to get his full talent without giving him some time. So, yeah, Albon, this form can't continue. Hopefully, for his sake, it doesn't. Um, and yeah, now now he's going to have a full winter period preparing to go into a season with Red Bull. That should help him along. Moving on to Mr. Valtteri Bottas, starting last place in the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, but he made some significant progress, um, at least to fourth place. Again, we still don't know whether he's going to be finishing third at the time of recording. So, Sam, what did you make of his performance? So, usually when you're, you are the top car and you start last and your teammate is able to end the race 20 seconds clear of your closest competitor, you assume... He should be realistically getting into third or fourth place, realistically. And he did exactly that. The difference is he did that in what was considered quite a difficult race when it comes to beating cars with the same engine as you. He has to pass for power engines such as the Alfa Romeo. The Williams are also quick in a straight line. The racing points are great in a straight line. It's not like the Renaults and the, uh, the McLarens are doing too badly either these days. So 
without the DRS around him, he's putting off some tough moves to get down the inside of cars. He's got a match is breaking brilliantly, which I think he does well. Strategy has to work. He keeps his nose clean. I think Bottas does a really, really good job today. I think he deserves that podium if Leclerc is taking out of it. I think he is the man that deserves to run that third step. So take my hat off to you, Bottas. This is a really solid weekend for you. You, you know, took everything that was good, your new engine and whatnot. You got rid of everything that was bad. And I think he really, really delivered. And I think if he was in second place alongside Hamilton, I don't think the gap would have been that big. Yeah, I think Hamilton still has the upper hand. Great strength from him. But I think Bottas is probably the closest challenger today. And he did a really, really solid job. Harry, what did you think of him? Yeah, solid job. Agree with Sam on that one. Um, I think, and we'll get into this topic in a minute, but I think the lack of DRS for the first, I don't know how many, 10 laps or whatever, we didn't have it, hindered him because he got stuck behind Hulkenberg for a while. Um, and I think that might have made the difference come the end of the race. He might have picked Leclerc for the podium spot. Um, but yeah, he, he utilised I mean, that car, I think, was arguably the fastest car this weekend. Of course, only in the last sector, but is where it was devastatingly fast. So he had the car underneath him, but he he, he used it. And he was he would have kept it clean in the first, first corner when there was a bit of carnage and then just sort of sliced his way through the field pre- pretty well. So yeah, Bottas. solid race for Bottas. Bottas, the fruit ninja. Yes, the fruit ninja, Bottas. Nice. Thank you, Sam. Welcome. The porridge ninja, Valtteri Bottas, as he will forever be known, or at least known for those 20 seconds. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a sublime performance. Um, even in the, a dominant car like he had, starting last place it is not easy to come through all the way to the podium. Um, and uh, again, we don't know whether he has secured that third place or not, but regardless, he was he was right there with Charles Leclerc at the end of the race. So. A very good performance with Valtteri Bottas. And like you say, DRS, not having the DRS, would have hindered his performance. The second DRS was active, he got past Nico Hülkenberg absolutely fine after being there a number of laps behind him. So you can only imagine how much quicker he would have got past Hülkenberg. And, I mean, those slender differences between him and Leclerc at the end probably would have gone in Bottas's favour. He was also stuck behind a racing point for quite a long time too. With Bottas, it, it's a case of what you see is what you get with him. He is a solid, consistent driver who is not going to get involved in many incidents at all. Um, we've seen Verstappen, Leclerc, other drivers start towards the back of the grid, either in last place or the last couple of rows. And they've messed up their recovery from that position by going overzealous into a corner, maybe trying a move, being impatient and getting involved in an incident. And you don't get that with Valtteri Bottas. With Bottas, you get solid, consistent work, and he'll only go for a move if he knows he's going to pull it off and he's not going to get involved in an incident that he doesn't need to be involved in. Every single move out there today, you felt as if Bottas was in control, he knew what he was doing, and that there was no danger whatsoever that all of his hard work was going to be undone. It was really impressive from Valtteri Bottas um whether he gets the podium or not i don't think it matters the performance itself was what matters the most um and it was a good performance to end obviously what was a tough week for him so yeah my fullest of all respects to mr bottas you say he doesn't get involved in incidents but he does if it's free practice too and roman grosjean's in front of him oh yeah i forgot about that yeah (laughs) yeah that was that was not good from from entirely Bottas is fine. So clumsy, but love it. Yeah. But I mean, if you're going to do that sort of an incident, I guess do it in practice. Yeah, true. 
practice crashing makes perfect crashing. Yep, as the old saying doesn't go. Um, <laughs> moving on, uh, of course, DRS not being active for the first quarter of the race brought a real interesting scenario because we're looking ahead to what we want to see in the future where DRS isn't needed. Um, people suggesting that the FIA simply were like, eh, let's get just say it's not working which uh, interesting take on it um harry do you think um the racing improved as a result of not having drs i think i don't know we just said that bottas couldn't get past hulkenberg but at the same time we had some the, the moves that were being done there were less of them but they seemed to be drivers having to work a bit harder for it they were you know overtaking in the braking zone rather than just passing them on the straight, which no one really cares to, to see, to be honest. I want to see drivers out-braking each other. Um, so I kind of think it did. Um, I think someone like Abu Dhabi still needs something. Basically, Abu Dhabi's crap is what we're trying to say. But um, yeah, we, and as the, who was it? Oh, Signs, who tried to uh, do Ricardo into the that first chicane. It didn't put didn't pull it off obviously, but yeah, drivers are trying to find other ways to get past, and that's what we want. We want to see that. We don't want to just see people overtaking each other on the straight because they've got DRS open. So um, yeah, that this race today won't have helped DRS's case in any way. I don't think because it showed that you can still have some decent racing and perhaps more high quality racing without it. So um, yeah, ban the DRS hashtag. Get it going. <laughs> Sorry. Just for everyone out there, that is hashtag get it going. No, hashtag ban the DRS. I mean, get okay. the hashtag going. I said it in the wrong order. Glad to see we've got that all clarified. Um, Sam, what did you think of the DRS-less laps? Yeah, they were all right. We saw some good braking manoeuvres. I think people are getting a little ahead of themselves. Is it being the revelation that F1 needs? Ban the DRS! <laughs> hashtag get it going. Um... I, I think that realistically DRS has to stick around for next season as a whole. Um, maybe 2021, we only have certain tracks that have DRS, but imagine if Hungary was the last race of the season, not Abu Dhabi, Hungary, and the same thing happens. We have a 50-odd lap procession where no one gets past anyone for the entire race. It is a track-specific thing. Thank God Abu Dhabi's got two really long straights because you have been bored, race long, no moves being done, and DRS does create moves. I'm not a lover of DRS, but it has got its positives and its negatives. It's not 100% bad. And honestly, I, I like it at the moment with the current design of F1 cars. While we've got this downforce issue, the dirty air issue, we need something that counteracts it. I think currently it is the better of the lesser evils. I've said that wrong so many times today, but we'll carry on with it. Um, <laughs> honestly, yeah, it was fun to see for 10, 15 laps. I'm glad it came back. Because you're right, I don't just want to see cars passing each other in the middle of a straight. That does get dull. But until the aerodynamics have changed, it is the best thing we have at the moment. So for now, for me, it stays. 2021, whole new question. Bring it on. I'm happy to go without it if the aerodynamics work as proposed to work. I'm just trying to imagine the Hungarian Grand Prix in December. That'd be so snowy. <laughs> That'd be quality. It'd be the best race you'll have seen all year. Yeah, most probably. Um... Yeah, I think I think some people are getting a little bit too carried away. Yeah, Not looking yeah, at you, yeah. Harry. <laughs> Hashtag ban the DRS. Hashtag um, going. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I, I think even though there were a few very interesting um, 
battles between drivers where DRS would have settled it straight away. Um, Hulkenberg, Bottas being the the number one um, selection of that. It, with DRS, Bottas was able to sweep past Hulkenberg no problem whatsoever. With without DRS, it was a struggle. He couldn't get past, and it was it was intriguing to see him try. Um, and I think that's ultimately what we want to see. I think the cars, in terms of downforce, in terms of following other cars, it isn't quite at the level yet where we can completely eradicate DRS. I think that should be the the destination. That's that should be where we are heading. A DRSless society, if you will, than <laughs> <laughs> the DRS. Um, that's what we should be heading towards. But the cars need to be in a position where um, the band aid isn't needed anymore. Um, we need to be in a position where the cars and their ability to follow another car is enough that DRS isn't necessary. I don't think it's quite there yet, but this was a good insight into the future. Could be there within by 2021. I'd be interested to see 2021. If at that point it seems as if the cars have gone ahead as sort of promoted and the sort of the um, the following is as easy as it seems, um, yeah, then we can look to get rid of it maybe in 2022. Hashtag ban the DRS. Hashtag get it going. Thank you. Well, <laughs> two uh, two hashtags that are sure to change the world. I think is a good way to end the show. Um, Sam, can you get us out of here? uh probably i can drive a car i also know the way to a train station if you need directions um thank you very much for listening taking the time out of your day please leave a like if you have enjoyed the uh the videos and the podcast and subscribe if you'd like to stick around for more we will be doing plenty throughout the winter season all kinds of different content so keep your eyes peeled for that in the meantime i've been samuel sage i've been ben hocking hashtag ban drs i've been harry Eid. <laughs> and remember keep breaking late pleb <laughs> Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.